0: Click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am so excited to bring you today's featured guests. That's right, there's two of them. Tamara Green and David Dashinger. Tamara, David, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ken. It's so great to be here. Great
2: to be here with you.
0: It's so awesome to have you here and and Ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening, this is an amazing couple. Not only are David and Tamara married, they're a couple, they're also the co-founders of Loving Meditations, and they're the authors of an international bestseller called Live Calm with Cancer and Beyond. And that's just the beginning. On top of this, David's a Grammy-nominated composer, a fire lieutenant, and a stage four cancer survivor. Tamara is a psychotherapist, dating and relationship coach, and meditation facilitator who Al Magazine actually dubbed the soul-centered relationship and meditation expert. Now their cancer journey actually transformed and inspired them to pay their experience forward to the cancer community, and together they create mindful wellness stress reduction tools that dramatically assist those living with cancer and other major life life challenges. Now, Loving Meditation actually offers the only app specifically designed to help cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers cope with their physical and emotional symptoms. Wow, you two are incredible. David, Tamara, do us a favor, just kind of give us the short version of you know how you guys went down this path obviously it started with david's illness but like what inspired the work that you're doing now
2: well the five words that kind of rocked our life uh, which were you have stage 4 cancer became a kind of an epic journey but it also became an opportunity for us to do self discovery and also sort of mutual discovery as a as a married couple and took us to places that we probably never would have been to if we hadn't actually gone through the cancer journey. Um, Just to fast forward, when I was finally cleared and finished all my treatments and went for a follow-up visit some months later, the oncologist asked me, like, you had a pretty brutal treatment. What did you do that helped you get through it so easily? And I had to tell him, well, I had a wonderful caregiver but also we use these mindful wellness tools like meditation to get through it better. And at that point, he, he lit up and he said, I want that for all my patients. Wow. And we looked at each other, Amber and I, and we had that aha moment, like we've created meditations before, we've been through the cancer journey as a care, caregiver and as a patient, why don't we put that all together and pay it forward and do something that will benefit cancer patients and caregivers.
0: Yeah, and that's such an amazing gift, and thank you both for, for doing that and taking that that on in that moment, because as we were talking before we came on the air, I mean, I, I unfortunately have have been through multiple family members uh, going through cancer. Some of them are still with us, some of them aren't, and I've seen that impact. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Just like you said, those words Transform a person's life in that moment.
1: Yeah, they they actually um, are doing some studies on it now, where they um, it it's showing that getting the diagnosis is traumatic. It's a traumatic experience, creates trauma, and some people even have kind of a PTSD sort of um, result um, from hearing that they have cancer. They're never quite the same after that.
0: <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and because it's, it's you know, it is a devastating life change. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious. So you two, obviously, I mean, you didn't come into this with this whole package of meditations and all these things ahead of time, right? I mean, you had no idea this is going to be said to you. Right. So how, how quickly did that show up for you were like, we need to use what we know and and really work on ourselves from a mindfulness standpoint. And where did that kind of come into the the care that you started to take care for for each of you actually?
1: Mm -hmm. So uh, I probably have had a a mindfulness or meditation practice, which includes yoga and actual sit down meditation and uh, yoga retreats that included meditation. For many years prior to David getting the diagnosis. By the way, at the same time, four days before David was diagnosed with stage four cancer, our son Mark was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Wow. So there was uh, quite a bit going on all within the same week. (laughs) So for me, And David may have a different answer for this, but for me, I spent about the first two weeks after that week of hearing these devastating diagnoses from David's doctor and Mark's doctor, and uh, I had two weeks of real uh, overwhelm, worry, sleeplessness, anxiety, uh, real fear was coming up. And... I at one point, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I realized how completely stressed out I was. And I said, you know, if one of my clients came to me and said, Tamara, I'm so overwhelmed by what's going on in my life, what's the advice I would give them? And of course, it would be going to a spiritual practice of mindfulness and meditation, Uh, and or gratitude or nature walks or whatever. And so I decided, what am I doing? (laughs) I (laughs) left my practice. Let me get back into it right away. And thank God David was so supportive of me doing whatever I needed to do to keep myself grounded and uh, at peace. And it really worked. It really worked. I started my gratitude journal again and uh, all my meditation and yoga and uh, it made the world of difference.
0: You know, I I so love what you just said, because I think it's such a common response when something like this happens in a life, whatever it happens to be, that's, that's really literally a life-changing situation. And almost immediately, we forget about self-care.
1: hmm
0: And like you said, you're like, I had a practice. Why did I stop? Mm-hmm. But when our foundation is so rattled, we're just like, nothing can possibly be the same.
1: Right. And I was going to say, especially for the caregiver, Mm -hmm. they uh, or we tend to jump into it. We we have to do whatever we need to do to take care of them at the expense of our own well-being. Uh, And that's the one of the first mistakes that many caregivers make that lead them to burnout um, or feeling overwhelmed and stressed and anxious and the rest of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask you guys, because obviously you have an amazing partnership on many levels (laughs) that has only been fortified (laughs) by this experience. What do you what do you guys find helps you get back on track when you kind of got off in the weeds a little bit regarding partnership. I mean, is there a guiding principle? Do you have a quote or a mantra that's kind of your touchstone? What works for you?
2: Well, it's it's a couple of things, but I would say what characterized our relationship in the earlier days when we, we had some significant struggles as a couple and as a partnership is that we took everything way too seriously. And one of the beautiful gifts that Tamara brings and uh, we'll – never cease to appreciate is that she knows how to lighten things up and i would say for the last 15 years or so maybe longer we do not take anything too seriously so we're able to laugh at things that we may have you know had verbal arguments about years ago Um, but just the just finding humor in situations just kind of getting off of a, a dramatic uh moment by you know just going on a tangent that's completely unrelated, but just, you know, hilarious. That is the the one thing I will tell you that uh, has made a huge, huge impact in our longevity and our happiness.
0: Tamara, do you have anything you want to add to that? Y- yes.
1: Uh, you know, um, I had to buy Depends because we laugh so much. I, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But we do laugh hysterically, literally almost every day. We, we're just uh, joking around and having a good time with each other. Uh, but the other practice that we got into uh, some years ago is we would go on – And this was especially true during the cancer treatment phase we would go on a walk that we called our gratitude walk and it didn't matter you know how stressed out we were or or are because we still do this gratitude walk um but we would you know kind of do our power walking or during the cancer treatment it was slower walking we'd walk hand in hand and just go back and forth you know i'm grateful that we have such wonderful kids. And then David would say, you know, I'm grateful for having fantastic insurance during this experience and back and forth. We would go for our hour long walk. And by the end of that hour, we were feeling pretty blissed out and wonderful.
0: I love that a gratitude walk. That's such a a great practice because I mean, obviously, You're connecting with nature at the same time you're doing this, which is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing I I love what you said, David, about the the, you know, laughter and amusement. Well, you both said it, but because I've been doing spiritual work for 20 plus years now. And one of the things that I realized years and years ago is that amusement is like the solvent of the energetic world. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as we can have a drop of amusement, our energy can move again. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, I feel so stuck. And it's actually quite literal. Their energy has seized up. And when they can let go of the seriousness and just find even a like, oh, my gosh, I did it again. Now there's some movement. And the more we can be in that laughter, things just move. I mean, you can't be in a fight and laughing.
2: <laughs> it's exactly. <impossible>. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, uh, I
0: used to give my clients clown noses. <laughs> I said, next time you're having a fight, put your clown noses on and see how long it lasts. <laughs>
1: that's great. I and love that. And it's done. It's
0: over. Because as soon as you do it, it's like, okay, this like what we were all caught up in the serious is nothing. And now we can actually address what's really there, as opposed to this story or whatever we'd put around it that made it such a heavy, intense thing. So I love that you shared that. That's that's just so wonderful. So do me a favor. I I want to know more about the the meditations and the things that you've you've come together and if you could just kind of give us an idea of how these contribute to both the patient as well as the caregiver or for that matter the family around the caregiver um and, and what are these what are these different meditations and, and and offerings that you guys have how do they support them in that because i'm sure there's probably lots and lots of people on this on this podcast right now that are they're in that experience, whether right now or have been, and would love to know what is available that can support them in that process.
2: Absolutely. We, of course, walked in those shoes and we know from personal experience what some of the pain points are. And we've talked to a lot of people that we've met on our journey who are, were going through the the cancer experience or are still going through the cancer experience. So we started to look at not only breaking it into caregiver and patient, but also we grouped the meditations by topics like creating calm and personal power and vital recharge for caregivers. So we could create a daily program somebody could watch and step through to complete a series of meditations. And just to throw a couple of meditation titles out there, we, we just completed one today for scanxiety, which is... A huge, huge thing for patients, not only when they're being diagnosed and treated, but also for years afterwards, because they have to keep returning to the physician for follow-up scans and follow-up diagnostic procedures. We have meditations to improve sleep, breathing technique meditations, uh, meditations for gratitude, for creating calm. And um, we have some that are what I would call minimalist in that there's very little speaking but the visual and the music and there's a singer in, involved um, really help the person to expand out sort of outside of their physical body to go wider and wider and deeper and deeper without a whole lot of talking. So we um, kind of cover those. That's just a few of the the topics that we have in our catalog.
0: I love it. I love it. So a couple of things. One, I'm sure there's some people sitting on, whoa, this is some woo-woo stuff. And I, I have a statement that I came up with years ago about woo-woo. And that is that woo-woo is only woo-woo until it's what you do. <laughs> and that's kind of our measuring stick, right? As soon as we embrace it, we're like, oh, no, that's normal. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's alternative mm-hmm. medicine, if it's meditation or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. so for anybody listening and you're like oh this is woo-woo stuff I mean listen to what this can contribute to I mean you could have better sleep you could be more peaceful as you're going through this process or in the case of David, his doctor's going what did you do like you had a totally different experience than than other people who go through this terrible experience in this process so be aware that, and, and most people know this from if you've been down that path of, of cancer, whether it was in your family or in your own body, is you will do all kinds of stuff you never thought you were going to do before. Mm-hmm. So I invite you to really be open to this possibility of having this contribute to you because it is only it's only woo woo until you start doing it. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. So that's the one comment, my little PSA for your work, because I know it can be a scary thing for some people to try something new when everything else seems like it's gone up in the, you know, up in smoke. But the other thing I wanted to ask was as partners, like how do the, I don't know, how do I ask this? How does this work in the, in the meditations and so on that you offer? Cause like you said, you've got some that are targeted for each, each role. How does that end up supporting each other? Like for example, as a caregiver, if you're doing these meditations, how will that support you in being a better partner to your partner who's sick and vice versa?
1: Yeah, it's a a really good question, Ken. So not only are there a tremendous amount of studies out there uh, about cancer patients, and the benefits of mindfulness and meditation. But now there's a a rising number of studies on caregivers and the impact that um, caregivers have after a diagnosis like that and the complete overwhelm. And overall, when your stress level goes down and usually What creates stress the most is judgment, some kind of conclusion that you're making, some kind of judgment that you're making, which is fear-based, often very fear-based. And we, our meditations are specifically, you know, we work on breath or introducing new ideas um, that most people may not think of to get them into the present moment and that fear goes down the stress and anxiety goes down and then you can, you can actually be more present with uh, each other going through the experience with each other. So I wanted to share my own personal experience with this to explain what I'm talking about even further. So you know how, uh, when you have a cat or a dog or some kind of pet, and they're just so completely present with you, right? Or even you see it even with you know babies and really young children, they're just unabashedly uh, giving you direct eye contact. they're just so <laughs> curious right yeah. and so interested, right? Even strangers. That kind of presence is amazing. That's why a lot of people like to be around their pets and young, very young human beings. So when you're doing this with each other, it's amazing what comes out of it. There's so much, I mean, er, that kind of presence really is a very loving place to be. And this is why we call it loving meditations. It's a very loving energy uh, space that you're in, in that moment. And of course, when you're in that place, Anything is possible. And this is certainly what happened with David and I when my mantra after that initial two weeks of overwhelm, my mantra became, I am present. I am here now. I'm experiencing this in every moment. And I became like the dog that was just so present during that time. And it was amazing that the the things that we were able to overcome together. Um, you know, David had some pretty rough, moments, but my being there present with him and him being uh, really accepting, allowing of me being there with him and him being present with me. You know, we were able to avoid um, hospital visits and you know, emergencies turned into uh, calm experiences and, and, of course, deepening our, our own relationship with each other
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and David, would you mind sharing like what your experiences was of that as the the patient that's going through the personal like you're getting all these things and your body's being messed with and all that stuff's going on? At the same yeah,
2: time. Um, it was even more amazing for me because I went from being a professional healthcare provider and person who starts IVs in the field as a you know firefighter and advanced emergency emergency medical technician to now I'm the patient and I'm I got to kind of receive the treatment and so it, I had to really learn or get into the space of receiving not only receiving from healthcare professionals but from Tamara and other people family and friends who of course want to show up and they want to do something to help so it's kind of humbling it's kind of transformational to go from being the problem solver and the, you know, showing up and taking care of people to almost being, I wouldn't say helpless, but to a point of diminished energy and diminished capacity where, um, you, I found that I had to learn how to embrace the gifts that people were bringing, bringing me, even if it was just their companionship or their love or their, their caring, um, So really embrace that and to learn how to receive it more fully. So um, that was very key, I think, key learning, key transformational piece to my personal experience.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you know, you mentioned something that's really important, right? Because, I mean, obviously when this happens and part of the, the trauma of being diagnosed with cancer is your identity gets yanked out from under you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doesn't really matter what you did prior to that there's a different identity and that seems all automatically yeah, go to the front of the line all of a sudden it's like cancer patient partner has cancer whatever all of a sudden that's how people see you mm. and i remember i had a, a very dear friend of mine carla um, who was diagnosed with brain cancer at 18 and when i met her she was in her 20s and they she was supposed to you know, passed on years ago. And I didn't know she had cancer. I had no idea. And she was doing some experimental treatments out of the country and all these different things. And, and sometimes she'd come in and she was kind of out of it because she was trying a new dosage of something and she'd be out in la-la land. But I had no idea. I was bolder for all I knew. She was tripping on something. And <laughs> so literally I had no idea. And one day I was in a class. I was teaching a class. And somebody said, you know, um, Carla, the girl with cancer. I said, who? And they're like, Carla. I'm like, the only Carla I know, they go, yeah, she has brain cancer. I'm like, I had no idea. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And just the difference in, like, how they saw her as that's how they would talk about her. You know, the girl with cancer. Mm -hmm. And her name had gone away. And I didn't know this about her. And I... We were pretty good friends and became better friends. And she told me one time that uh, she'd asked a mutual friend of ours to be her uh, power of attorney when she was having an experimental treatment done. And I said, oh, I didn't even know you knew him that well. She goes, well, other than you, he was the only person who never saw me as sick. Mm -hmm. Wow. He just saw me as me. And I said, that's who I want to be holding onto those pieces of my world. Mm -hmm. And it's... This is part of that presence part, right? Being present to the person, not the diagnosis. Mm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And to yourself, by the way. That presence brings you extremely uh, close to yourself. It's a very self-loving thing to do to be present.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to ask you this because, as you mentioned, Tamara, I mean, as much as The work you guys did, the the mindfulness work, helped in the process. There were still hard times. There were still challenges on all (laughs) levels, right? So I'm curious because I'm sure there were some place along the path where there was kind of a, you tripped up a little bit. (laughs) You're like, oops. (laughs) And would you share with us, for either one of you, if you can recall something like this, were you like, wow, I was totally off the page. And then I got my little wake up and went, eh. Not so good, and by learning from that trip up, you actually were able to be stronger going forward,
1: yeah, I would say the the major trip up for me was in that first couple of weeks uh, that I described because i I wasn't even in my body i I wasn't fully present. I wasn't able to be helpful to myself or my guys at all. Um I was just kind of going through the motions um, wasn't a Good place or fun place to meet to be. So, quite honestly, from that place forward, throughout the months of treatment that uh, my guys were going through, I don't feel like I did have any trip ups. Um, but I do want to say that there was this one evening when I was particularly exhausted, uh, David this is well into his treatment. And just to watch your, you know, your hunk of a firefighter who man who works out every day with weights, you know, he's this vibrant man losing, you know, lots and lots of weight and every swallow, uh, cause he had uh, base of the tongue cancer mm. uh, to swallow was excruciating watching that. And my son was, or our son was having, uh, quite a bit of challenges with the antibiotics he was taking. It was really upsetting his stomach and all of that. There was one night in particular that I went to bed feeling helpless. I went to bed feeling helpless. Like, you know, I, maybe I'm not doing enough for them. What can I do? I don't, you know, it was, it was that kind of stuff going on in my mind. So I just remember going into bed saying okay angels i know you've been in my life before i know you're with me but can you just give me some kind of sign that lets me know that everything really is going to be okay because i'm having a really tough evening here so it was a very very wintry uh winter during this time and so it was the next morning i get up i go straight to the garage to get the um snow shovel cuz i'm going to de-ice, de-shovel the snow and i look i start to de-ice my car and on the windshield are is etched in the frosty ice on my windshield are angel feathers so it was this gorgeous design of angel feathers etched into <laughs> the wow. ice on my windshield and it completely blew me away i just i couldn't get over it and then i ran over to david's car because we had two cars and his was just frosted over but my windshield had this beautiful um ice piece of art etching it was amazing so from that day forward especially i just knew all is well Mm -hmm. and everything really is going to be okay even even if it, it kind of took me to a place of, it's okay. You know, whatever the outcome is, you know, even death, right? It's all okay. It's, it's all as well. So I really did get to even more of a place of peace around everything.
0: Wow, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything you wanted to add to it, David?
2: I'd say... It was one of those times in your life when as you alluded to, can you know your identity is not only removed but your your purpose in life is removed um, so I really have I think I was in denial for a long time or for a period of time that I um, actually was as sick as I was, and so even though doctors were fast tracking the treatment and giving me some pretty um, powerful treatments, I really didn't buy into it. And maybe that was a good thing, because um, I think part of, and you alluded to this as well, the, the onus around the word cancer is so negative and so dramatic in our society, that it's easy, I think, to be bombarded with that information from not only the medical community, but also from people and and the media, and to start to into that dra- dramatic and heavy energy around cancer to start to believe it it's it's a death sentence or believe it's a, a terminal illness and so I once I let go of that and started to put a little space between myself and all that information I think I was able even easier for me to reassess and realize um, You know, that's a limiting belief I'm not going to subscribe to, and I'm going to look at other possibilities that may serve me better.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. So we're kind of getting to a part of the show where I call it bring it all home. It's where we kind of wrap things up and and package it up nicely. And what I'd like to ask the two of you to do, and, and maybe you each have an answer for this, is... When you think about, you know, partnership or relationship, and you guys have been through some major challenges that, you know, hopefully a lot of people listening won't ever have to go through. What's the best advice you ever received around that that topic of partnership and relationship?
1: I will definitely answer that one. This is what I do, you know, in my private practice as well. I explained to couples, and I certainly know this for David and I, that relationships really are sacred, especially the romantic partnerships, you know, the, the longer term relationships, because those are the ones that actually heal your wounds from your childhood, you know, helps you work out your judgments or your... Um, misconceptions about yourself your insecurities that's uh, these relationships are so sacred because there's really other than your parents there's really not another relationship like this where you can work out all of your demons and heal Um, so i really believe that relationships are sacred
0: thank you david did you want to contribute something there
2: I think the advice I got from my grandfather was uh, along the lines of, you know, make sure that you laugh, make sure that you have music in your life, make sure that you dance. And those are, I think, really, really been very therapeutic to us in our long-term relationship. But also, once I was declared free of cancer, we took the time to laugh and to to dance and to have music, and it really, um, it was so inspiring. It really was, it was like a celebration, and we we have to remember to celebrate life and celebrate our partners and celebrate our relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, this kind of circles back to what Tamara was saying about the gratitude walk, right? I mean, the more you celebrate, the more you have to celebrate, because Mm -hmm. that's where your focus is.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you should see us uh, dancing uh, to Earth, Wind and Fire on a Friday night. Nice. We we, we can get down.
0: <laughs> you better get down if you've got Earth, Wind and Fire playing.
1: And then our son will call our daughter at, at uh, you know, because she's in college. Oh, mom and dad are at it again. Jeez. <laughs> so embarrassing. <God. laughs>
0: That's fantastic. That's so great. Well, I want to ask you one other thing, and, and because obviously, I mentioned in the introduction that you know you guys have written a book that's very powerful, and obviously the, the the application you've created for these these meditative practices. When you were going through this process, what did you find is like the best book or resource that that really made a difference in your world?
2: There was um, a lot of audio programs that really helped me quite a bit. And because there's so much downtime during infusion and downtime between treatments, there's a lot of time to read and to, um, to listen and to watch, but reading wasn't so easy. So, um, I really used a lot of, um, tools from, a, a, a company called Access Consciousness. And those were, um, very simple kind of affirm, affirmation statements that help clear some energy around different topics. And so I used that, during treatment, and even at home soaking in a Epsom bath, uh, bathtub full of, mm-hmm. you know, warm water.
0: Great. Tamara, is there something you wanted to add
1: in? Uh, I, I didn't have time to read, but <laughs> <laughs> I did in the wee hours of the morning when I would wake up, I would go to YouTube and... Uh, find something inspiring. And usually it was uh, deeply, deeply spiritual people like Matt Kahn, um, Sharon Salzberg, you know, Diana Cooper. I don't know if people out there listening really know who these people are, but they are people that I really feel, you know, walk the talk and and just are Uh, love in action and I love listening to them talk very calming
0: wonderful those are great resources thank you both
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well unfortunately we're we're running to the end of the show and I, I would love for you to let our listeners know how could they contact you or learn more about your work or even for that matter be able to access the app
2: thanks Ken um Our website is lovingmeditations.com, and that's got links to our book, to the Loving Meditations app, and it talks about our Loving Meditations TV, which is a waiting room uh, television program, and it's got tons of information for anyone who's interested.
0: Fantastic. And for everybody listening, if you didn't get a chance to jot that down or you're driving a car or something and that's not a good idea... Um, please know these will be on the show page. So when you go to the show page, we'll have links to all these resources for you. uh, So you can definitely follow up and and get the resources that you need. Well, David, Tamara, thank you so much for sharing your story and and your experience. And and thank you for what you've created and what you've brought into the world to support others as they go through this path. And, And indeed, thank you for being on the show today. This has been a real treat.
2: Thank you, Ken. It's been a pleasure to share some time and space with you.
1: Yeah, this has been delightful. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.